1: I know it sounds cliche. We use it all the time, but we use it only in theory. Do we really use it in practice? The power of prayer, next on Truth For Today. We claim it all the time, don't we? It's a Phrase that we use in a cliche sense more often than not, there's power in prayer. You know, if we really believed that, just how busy would we be in prayer? Today, we'll explore all of that. Welcome. This is Truth for Today with Pastor Phil Howard. If you believe there is power in prayer, are you encouraged to pray all the more? Let's challenge that thinking, shall we? Here's Pastor Phil Howard with today's broadcast of Truth For Today.
2: Uh, turn, if you will, to James chapter 5. Uh, I'm going to speak on the power of prayer today. The power of prayer. We've been in a 21-day fast and pray uh, mode. And uh, it have, have any of you been doing that? Anybody been praying? Anybody been fasting? And... Uh, you know, like if you're a diabetic like me, just give up chewing gum or something. You know, did you, know, you give up anything uh, to want to draw closer to the Lord? And uh, we want to look at that. And we're going to save praying for people at the end of the service today. And uh, we want you to look at James 5. And, uh, you know, we had Robert Linway... Uh, uh, had a wreck in his motorcycle, trying to avoid a gal that fell in front of him, didn't want to hit her, wound up biting the pavement, So we might be praying for him, uh, for healing, getting over that. Uh, we had uh, Charlie Christopher. They found him dead in his backyard this week and uh, went out for a welfare check. They hadn't seen him, and so... Uh, The Lord caught him home. He's with Jesus, just died in the backyard. I had an aunt of mine that passed away in church. She's given a testimony, raised her hand to praise the Lord. And so I heard about it. She lived back in Oklahoma. I called my cousin. He said, yeah, Jesus did a drive-by, took mom. And so she's with Jesus. So thank God. The death of the righteous is sweet. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of the righteous. Is that not a comforting thought? All other religious leaders will abandon you when it's time to die. Only Jesus goes with you through it. He'll go with you through it. James chapter 5, verse 13. Is anyone among you suffering? And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. The whole section is on prayer and what it can accomplish. And lest I forget, uh, did you pick up a, how to have an effective prayer life? They should have been given to you. Pick up one today. There's just some basics of uh, giving you some guidance, finding a place to pray, uh, just a little guide for you and hope you can avail yourself of it. Uh, The power of prayer. James is writing, writing to believers that have suffered much, uh, believers that are, many of them have fled for their life. It's a Jewish church primarily, and uh, he's the pastor there in the city of Jerusalem, and uh, he writes these amazing words, and uh, I want us to see uh, several things out of this passage. First of all, we're going to look at the privilege of prayer, what all the areas of life it can cover for you. Two, uh, the power of prayer that... uh, We're not counting beads, and we're not uh, doing vain repetition. We're not doing prayer wheels. We're actually doing something God ordained, and God will honor, because it's his means of appropriating what he wants to give us. And he said, ask, seek, knock, I'll answer. You knock, I'll respond. He set it up. He said it. And so we're just appropriating the means of grace when we pray. And then we want to uh, consider that prayer is a gift to all of God's people. It's not for a special class. Uh, let's get a professional prayer. Uh, let's, let's pay someone to do the praying. Uh, uh, or let's have a confession booth. No, none of that stuff is here. Uh, The confessing our faults to one another, our sins, literally, is not going to confess in Booth. It's an honest community where we share our struggles one with another. Let's look at, first of all, I would see about five different categories of praying for people that are called sick. And I just want to delve into some of the words uh, in this section. The first one, he said, if you're suffering, verse 13, you yourself be doing some praying. Let me give you the meaning of the word. It, the word suffering here, to suffer misfortune, uh, to be in a sorry situation, uh, enduring evil circumstances. Not talking about the physical here. You, you're overwhelmed by life. You've, just, you've been ambushed, as it were. In uh, James 1, he said, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. And the word there was used of the man on the Jericho road that was fallen upon and robbed and beaten. The idea is sometimes life will just overwhelm you with circumstances that, like that. I don't know how I'm going to make it. My head's going everywhere. I'm suffering. And think of this church. Maybe as a Jewish believer in Jerusalem, I lost my job. I was kicked out of the synagogue. I lost my inheritance. My relatives got rid of me. I'm suffering for the faith. And all kinds of things, loss of health, loss of finance, loss of loved ones, whatever he said, If you're suffering, anyway, call on the name of the Lord, and he will be there to help you. Then he says, but I love this. uh, If if things are going well, go eat at Ruth Chris. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Uh, Let him sing praise. I just got a bonus. How many of you men go home and you call the family together and say, we're going to sing a song of praise to God? I just got a bonus. If anything good happens to you, do you ever sing, how great thou art? Amen. I'll sing praises to his name. You're a good, good God. Oh, no. Or, or, man, I'm worth it. I am somebody. No, no, no. All benefits, all blessings. All blessings should teach you to sing. There is no Bible for a non-singing believer. No Bible. You can't be under the Spirit's control and not want to sing to God praises. When we talk about you know how to sing, we already know you don't. Some of you are blessed to sing good. It doesn't matter about good. It's none of that. You're not auditioning. You're praising God for his goodness. We used to sing a song. Oh say but I'm glad. Oh say but I'm glad. Jesus has come and my cups shall run. Oh say but I'm glad. I mean I grew up with so many choruses. You know when you get into a 15th century hymnology. There's five stanzas. Four stanzas. a mighty fortress is our God. A great man. It is majestic. Powerful. And if you know that. Sing it. It's wonderful. But you might learn just some little choruses. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. And that's what he said. Two responses. If it's bad, pray. If it's good, sing his praises. So, respond one way or the other. Talk to the Lord. Then, he goes on, and he comes to this word that he says, Then, is anyone among you sick? And the word sick is interesting. It's a word that literally meant is weak. Uh, maybe it's from the sickness. Uh, whatever causes it, it's a broad term. Uh, it was used of the weaker sex, First Peter 3, 7. Be good to the wife of the, of the weaker vessel. Physically, I think he's referring to there uh, weaker Paul said, "I am when I am weak, then am I strong." Uh, his infirmity could have been; it was in the flesh, for sure. The thorn was in the flesh. So, whatever it is, it's not as specific as to what the weakness is. But here they translated: "He's sick. He's lost strength. Uh, just no strength." Have you ever been either physically or emotionally? mentally, to the place of no strength. I, he told them in verse 13, you pray when you're overwhelmed with problems. Now he's saying when you're overwhelmed with a sense of weakness, incapacity, maybe not the strength to get out of the bed. You know, I was amazed, and I, and I moved at people in this church, like at this music retreat over the weekend, two women came to that, Kim and Suzanne in wheelchairs. They had to get over Highway 17. They had to be wheeled in. They obviously wanted to be there. And we had people in our church help get them there. But I was moved. And I think of our sister in the second, so Kathy. She'll be here in a wheelchair with shades because her eyes are going. She's weak. She'd be a woman to be good category. I'm going to call the elders. Do you guys pray for the sick? Do you pray for people that lost all their strength? Most of you don't call on us because you haven't been taught you can. Because conservatives don't practice James 5. The Bible teaches it. You ought to get in a church that teaches it. We barely teach it. We barely practice it. We're all about Bible studies, but when are you going to practice the Bible? Call the elders. Call the pastors of the church to come and lay hands on you and pray for you. It's your biblical, spiritual privilege in the community of the saints. So he said, what good will that be? Call for the uh, elders pastors of the church, and let them pray over him, anointing with oil. Isn't that interesting? In the name of the Lord, why do you anoint them? Uh, there's two views on this word anoint. Uh, some believe that it's medicinal, and oil was used that way. That, that it, In ancient history, they used oil for a lot of remedies. They used to anoint the prophet, the king, and the priest as they began their office, and it wasn't for physical healing. What the word anoint meant, it was be present. Be present. You hear people pray, God anoint your servant. Well they're not meaning pour oil on them. It's the idea of anointing was The presence of the Spirit. 1 John 2, you've all received the anointing. And I believe that's reference to the Spirit. You've all been initiated into your faith by the coming of the Spirit. And he is the anointing that keeps you from being deceived by Antichrist teachers. The presence of God. So the sick person, the weak person, they're there. Maybe God's forsaken me. Maybe I, where is he? Where is he? Why am I in this condition? Come, pastors, anoint. We have a little bottle. We use olive oil. doesn't matter. The idea is you place the oil, not as the Roman Catholic divine unction and last rite. The oil, it says, we believe God is present even when you're sick. God is near. God is near. The elders won't heal you. God will. We're not faith healers. I don't think there are any. Maybe there is. If you need help, find them. And if you've got it, heal somebody. I don't want to argue with you about it. Just do it. But remind them God hasn't forgot you when you're too weak to get out of bed, too weak to help yourself, too weak to pray. Some of you have never been there. I was uh, 26 years old, ready to have a mental breakdown, really a nervous breakdown. I couldn't help myself. I've been there. He goes on. I'll explain more about it. But here he says, you pray, anointing them with oil, and the prayer of faith—faith faith towards God—the prayer springing from. Because he said in James one, if you're in doubt, don't pray. I don't want to call on you if you don't believe God can do it. He says no, no, you're such a cessationist. You don't think God can heal today. But if you're of that camp, don't bother me when I'm sick. I want someone that believes God could heal me. And the Lord will raise him up, the sick person. Now he uses another word. Here's what's interesting. He uses three different words. Suffering is a Greek word, kagopathi. I know you don't want to know it, but there it is. The second word is asthenes. The third word is the word kamnata, when he uses it in verse 15. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is kamnata. Let me... Just tell you what that word meant. It meant the effect of continual work. It meant to be weary. It was used of Christ in Hebrews 12, 3. To grow weary and lose heart. It was used that way. This is a mental heart state of mind. The one who not is just physically, we always put the emphasis on the physical, But this word goes, the one that's sick, they're weak overall, could be the thing making them physically sick or the physical ailment has weakened them overall. Here, they have come to the point of exhaustion uh, mentally in their soul. Uh, Pray to be weary, to be tired with exertion. Labor to the point of weariness, just exhausted in spirit. You remember what Jesus said? All you that are weary and heavy laden come to me. And the word for weary in the Greek is you're worn out from work. You're exhausted. So let's look at this, this pastor in the Jerusalem church. Many of you are suffering. I'm telling you, I'm commanding you Pray. Pray about your situation. Two, many of you have entered into a state of weakness. You're overwhelmed. Some of you, uh, you need help. You need outside help. You need someone to come and pray, be with you. And some of you have labored to the point uh, with this ailment, this disease, or with life. You're exhausted in spirit. You're exhausted in health. Call these pastors to come and pray. God wants to help you in this condition. I was 26 years old. I was working 70 to 80 hours a week. I was doing a master's degree, teaching at a uh, Bible college. We offered a four-year Bachelor of Arts degree. I was the dean of that school. Uh, We had about 130 students, co-ed, Livermore, California, 1885 College Avenue. I studied. I drove. I was doing the master's program. I made $400 a month. Uh, And I I worked an average of 80 hours a week because I went to midnight I watched the dorm. I watched over of the guys in the dorm. They'd get lonely. They'd get tempted. They'd want to leave school. They were homesick. So i tried to pastor them. Carolyn baked a lot of cookies in those days. And we'd invite students to the house to just encourage them. But after four years, I broke. I began to go down, go down, go down. When it came to graduation, I could not put the graduate's degrees In the diploma case, I couldn't match them. So Carolyn and Fran, who was my secretary, they put them together. I I was so bad, uh, I thought I was going insane. They sleep with the Bible in my head at night. And I would just quote, but Lord, you said you'd give me a sound mind, and I'm losing mine. Where are you? You've not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. Jesus, heal me. Or I'm going to be institutionalized. I can't make it. I'm, I'm spent. There's nothing left. I'm spent. I taught. I went to school, doing a master's, teaching 10 units of college units, correcting papers, managing a faculty, living on no money. Boom, boom. I was sick all the time. I always had a cold. I could never get well because I was going so much. I didn't know what to do. One of my profs in school would give me verses, so I'd quote them. Finally, because I was in Livermore and I wasn't tied to a local church too much, drove to Concord once in a while. But I was on the road preaching weekends. I, I so I wasn't actively in a, a local church. I told Carolyn, I said, call my mom, call my dad, call my sister, and tell them to come and anoint me. I can't go any further. They prayed. It gave me hope. I moved to Fresno, California. and couldn't read a book for four months. All I did was ride a bike and take care of my two year old daughter. Carolyn worked. I rode a bike. I slept and I took care of Deborah. I I had an unofficial nervous breakdown. And all I wanted is someone to tell me, God is near. God is near. God is near. God is near. James is saying, Do you feel weak? Do you feel um, exhausted with your sickness, exhausted in your condition? Jesus cares. God cares. He wants to help you. Call it help.
1: And this is Truth For Today, the radio ministry of Valley Bible Church here in Hercules, and our teacher and pastor, Pastor Phil Howard. Our phone number is 855-833-9864. If you would rather write to us, here's our address, 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278. We're here in Hercules, the zip code 94547. So again, you can reach us by phone, by mail. Or better yet, stop by our website and drop us an email. Let us know you paid us a visit. You can find us at truthfortodayradio.org. That's truthfortodayradio.org. And then if you would like to join us here at Valley Bible Church for worship, Sunday services are at 9 and 11, and directions can be found at our website, truthfortodayradio.org, or by calling 855